Thank you, guys. That was a treat. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Moms, soon-to-be moms, standing with those who want to be moms, and uh, just grateful for your life and uh, the blessing that you are to us, to your families, to this church. Uh, welcome to Horizon. We're in a series, obviously, in the book of Psalms, and uh, aloha, everybody. <laughs> couple of uh, my new favorites here, given the fact that it's Mother's Day. I found this one online. I uh, actually thought it was appropriate. To my children, don't make fun of me for asking questions about my cell phone. I once taught you how to use a spoon. <laughs> right on, yeah? You can't tell me what to do. You're not my grandbaby. That one totally now is my life uh, with four of those little ones running around. Uh, let me just say this next one uh, might need a little bit of extra clarity. Um, this is a life. All right? I'm not just saying that because I'm a preacher. I'm saying that because over 95% of biologists say that. Uh, from over a thousand different academic institutions, confirm that life begins at conception. And so uh, that's what we stand for here at the church. If you want more information on that, you can go to libertycouncil.org. Um, yeah, this is a life, and um, this is also something that men could never be, okay? All right, guys. Um, I don't know what's happening in the world, all the crazy stuff out there, but, um, and maybe thirdly, lastly, this actually also is a picture of the last time, um, that your kid ate whatever you gave them to eat without complaining. So that <laughs> sets the record straight on all of that as well. Hey, grab your Bibles. We are in Psalm 29, uh, which has everything to do with giving God the glory that he deserves and, um, and hearing his voice. So I think it becomes a very practical time of Bible study that we can just gather together around his word and, uh, and, and hear from him. Um, and I pray that he would bless our time and uh, your brunch together, or whatever uh, your plans would be. This is one of those psalms that's actually um, on the louder side. It's not a quiet psalm. Uh, so let's see if you like it. I love how it starts. Give unto the Lord. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Which is such an interesting uh, statement and comment for David to make. In other words, don't just always allow that to be the resort that you choose when you've run out of options. He's actually saying, make it your first option when all is going well. Don't just sort of be the one that's like, you know, I'll call out to the Lord when I've run out of reserves. 
He's the king. He's the anointed one. And he's saying, don't ever allow yourself to get in a spot where you've become too successful to give God the glory he deserves. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Let's never outgrow our need to remain dependent upon him, trusting in him, allowing him to lead us and lord over us and, and, and reign and rule and guide and shepherd. Church, we need that. Moms need that. Kids need that. Kids need moms that are looking to the Lord for that. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. What a, what a picture. I mean, David, listen, David's world is in complete chaos. While he's saying this, he is finding conflict, the conflict of war, the conflict that our world right now is, is filled with. And just thank you for making church a part of your day. Thank you for making church a part of your weekend. Thank you for giving God the glory that he deserves. In the midst of all of the conflicts, in the midst of all of the chaos, in the midst of all of the just the junk and the, and, the, and the crud is just like, you know, coming out and coming together and putting our faith and our trust. This is exactly what David does. And he does it in the midst of his life and world being in complete chaos. And actually, he is facing that both from within as his own family turns on him, as there is this now uh, rebellion looming through Absalom, the conflict of the internal strife and, and war of his own family, as well as from without, the enemies that now surround him. And so where, where does he turn? Where does he go? What's he do? goes to the Lord and um, what a great example that is for our families to go to the Lord and to allow this little candle I didn't bring one uh, up here with me because I think we're going to run out um, good on you for making it to the nine because I, I don't know if the eleven is uh, we'll make more uh, my living room's filled with wicks and wax. And, um, in the midst of it all, I mean, that candle should represent for us who we're to be in this, in this ever-darkening world. We're to be a light. And he, he shines his light. He, he, he lights 
his candle. He gives God the honor and the glory in the midst of the the confusion and the, and, and the havoc and the craziness of, of David's life. He worships the Lord. And not in a serpy way. I think some look at the Psalms, you know, like, you know, just a bunch of poems and syrup, and, and it's not. That's why we're, you know, we're like venturing right on the brink of the 30th Psalm now. We've been in 30 Psalms together. We're just unpacking them together and just seeing the, hey, listen, worship is nothing if it isn't more sincere than it is serpy. Got to be this sincere desire of your heart. And that, that will open up for you incredible blessings. Um. And so now he speaks, and um, what he says in this psalm now, I, I, I just, I, I want to claim and believe it as becoming a, a new favorite for you, Psalm 29. He sets the stage, he shows us in ex, his example, in, in the midst of the conflict and the chaos of it all, he, he turns to the Lord and, 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 and declares him to be worthy of all praise. Then he says this, this is amazing, and he says it seven times. This number of complete perfection he does, no coincidence. Verse three, look what he says, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The voice of the Lord is, is, is over the waters. The, the, the God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Okay, it's, it's a powerful voice, it is, David is wanting to declare over, over his enemies, over the conflict that he is faced with, over the confusion and over the chaos. He's like this, he's like, he's like speak, Lord. He's got that same attitude of heart that Samuel has. Speak, Lord. Speak into this situation. Speak into this marriage, Lord. Speak into this family. Speak into this church. Speak into this culture. For the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The voice of the Lord, the God of glory, the voice that thunders over many waters. The, Lord is, the, the voice of the Lord is, is powerful. It is, it, is not, it is not a powerless voice in the midst of all of the challenges that we are faced with right now. For the voice of the Lord is full of majesty. It is a majestic voice, it is. He goes on, he says this in verse five, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Can you just sort of picture that, just sort of like imagine, it is poetry, it is, but it is powerful, it is sincere from David saying, this voice can make in your marriage and life a breakthrough, it can break through and it can splinter like it would the cedar. It, 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 it can break the cedar. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. Those weren't the small trees. So the massive ones that were actually barged down, they were barged down for the building of the temple. The cedars of Lebanon. He can split right through those. He can splinter them up. He, he makes them also skip like a calf. 
right? That's sort of like some Tolkien thrown in of the trees coming to life, right? He's just like, oh, the voice of the Lord, it can do the impossible. It can both cause the cedar to split and cause the cedar to skip. Wow. What a voice. I mean, I'm like here with you saying, I would so want to hear that voice. Lebanon and Syrian, like a, a young wild ox. Cedars skipping all over the place. And the voice, look at this, the voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. It can split the tree and it can divide the flame. It, it literally in Hebrew is the word to stir up. It, it can take what is dull it can take what is going out. It can, it can, it can take the, the coals that have kind of cooled overnight and it can fan the flame. It can stir up. It can divide the flames of fire for the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. Maybe you feel like, man, I have been in the wilderness lately. Look what David is saying. It is the voice of the Lord that can pull you out of the wilderness, out of the dry spell and season of feeling like your life is simply going around in circles. The Israelites did it for 40 years. Just walked around in circles. And you're like, man, I am feeling like I am just walking around in circles. It is the voice of the Lord that can pull you out of that downward spiral. It is the voice of the Lord that can reignite the flame in your heart and in your life as a mom, as a dad, as a husband, as a son, as a daughter, as a wife. Listen, it's the voice of the Lord it can shake the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. Kadesh is where they were all grumpy. Kadesh is where they were all angry. Kadesh is where they were like, we can't drink of this pool. It's all bitter, man. What'd you bring us out here for? We want to go back to Egypt and be slaves again. It's the voice of the Lord that can break through that, John. Voice of the Lord. Look at this. Look at this. Check it out. The voice, my favorite, right here. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. Do you see that? It is like a, a, a reference that David makes to the book of Job. Remember in Job chapter 39, there towards the very end of the book where God begins to answer all of Job's questions. And he answers Job's questions by asking him a bunch of questions like, hey, Job, like, where were you, huh? Where were you when I spoke everything into existence? And do you happen to know, Job, you know, you just, do you know where the treasury of snow is? Did you know there's a treasury of snow? And there in Job 39, he says, did you know that it is the Lord who declares when the birth is to come? It's the Lord who says, now, now. I mean, that is so true. Like, we got docs in the room right now. Docs, isn't that true? I mean, we got a lot of doctors in this church. And soon-to-be doctors. We are like medical school students, you know, that are feeling like, well, yeah, I am in the wilderness, man. I'm like going around. Okay, so now 2022, and we're still like giving it our best attempt to try and somewhat get close to when we think the delivery date for that kid is going to be. 
We like haven't even gotten accurate on that whole deal yet. We haven't. I remember when Bon was pregnant with Mitch, our first, and I was on the East Coast. I was traveling with Pastor Mike McIntosh, and we were doing rallies up and down the East Coast in New England and Philadelphia and New York City, and all of a sudden there is this there's this message waiting for me at, at, the, at the hotel when we got back. And Bond said, I just, Bond, my wife said, Bond said, I just got back from the appointment and all, you know. And he said, it's time. It's coming. And I'm like, that can't be right. You're not due yet. No, he said, I'm dilated. It's coming. It could be any moment. You got to come home. And I go and knock on Mike's door in the hotel. And I'm like, Mike, Bond just got back from the appointment and and the doc is saying any day and he's like Mike's like I got this you go to the airport and you get home you be with your wife and I raced to the airport I got on the quickest flight and I came home here and that kid didn't come for another five weeks That, I'm telling you, this, that's scripture. It's the Lord who says now, not the doc. Amen. It's the Lord, it's the voice of the Lord that makes the deer give birth. Happy Mother's Day. Strips the forest bare. It's temple, everyone says glory. Come on church, say Glory. Glory, glory to the Lord. He is the one who says now. He is the one that revives in the midst of the seasons of drought. He's the one that fans the flame. He's the one that splits the cedar. He's the one that does the impossible. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood, David said. Nothing's bigger than our God. He sat enthroned. Not like out of control, wow, that's a lot of water. No, enthroned he sat, enthroned at the flood. The Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Come on, people, say amen. Isn't that good? Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know about you, I just sort of feel like I wanna, I wanna hear from this. I wanna hear from this God. For nothing speaks like the voice of the Lord. Nothing has the effects in your life or mine or in the life of this church like the voice of the Lord in everything in your life. Because this is a big statement. Everything in your life comes down to this. It's not your career. Everything hangs on one thing. It's not your race, it's not your wealth. Everything hangs on one thing, and it's not the stock market. (laughs) Hallelujah, it ain't the stock market. What is it? Have you heard his voice? Hearing his voice is what it all comes down to. And that's a crazy concept, not only for David, but for us today in this age, in this culture, in this society, 
Moms, are you hearing his voice? Are kids hearing the voice of God from their mom? Moms are like, you bet they are. Are they? Are they hearing the voice of the Lord? How do you know? There's a lot of voices. There's Satan's voice. Jot these down. There's Satan's voice. There's culture's voice. There's God's voice. And there's your voice. How are you going to discern between all of the voices that are speaking into your life? And I just want to say this morning on Mother's Day, you don't have to listen to every voice. You don't have to give permission to every voice that wants to speak into your life. Come on, please. Please, don't feel as if, well, I, I don't know, that's like on every news channel right now, and they've really given that guy, they've given him a platform, and they've given her a stage, and they've, I, I just think maybe we need to, you do not need to tune in and listen to every voice that wants to speak into your life. Ultimately, I think the question for today is this, are we tuned into his voice? Are we in tune with him? Because he has done everything. Heavenly speaking, globally speaking, eternally speaking, cosmically speaking, he's done everything to get your attention. Isaiah 43 tells us that. Now, Isaiah 43 might not be as Hollywood dramatic as, as Psalm 29. I mean, this one ought to be a movie, right? I mean, this psalm is like, wow. But Isaiah 43 is that, is that, is that passage where, where the Lord just sets the record straight, and, and, and certainly the impact of it should not be seen any less powerful than Psalm 29, because here in Isaiah 43, you know what he says? He says this, I have called you. I've called for you. I've called you. The question for us is have we answered that call? Have we let it go to voicemail? Have we blocked God's call? He's like, I've called you. I've, 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 I've called you by your name, he says. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. Isn't this mind-blowing? There's three mind-blowing points. First of all, that he would even bother? He's called. Secondly, he's called you by your name. He knows you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You're not a blob. It's an amoeba thing. It's just like... He did this miracle of life. Some have taken that life. Some have been a part, sadly, of the 62 million abortions in this country and all that is on the news and flashing across every single channel right now and where it's going to go and how the court is going to rule, only God knows. But ultimately, he's the judge. And there are a lot, sadly, that sit even in this service right now that feel the remorse and the regret and have repented from being a part of that. And in faith, are believing that they've got a kid waiting for them to meet in heaven. 
And we stand with you. And we stand in faith and we stand for God's forgiveness and grace. There is a moment where we have to decide whether or not we're going to dig in our heels or we're going to pick it up and answer his call. He has called you by your name since even before you were born. He knew you and declares you are mine. Not only has he called you, wow. Not only has he called you by your name, it's not like a robocall by your name. And says, you are mine. And then he says this. You know, as a result of this, it changes everything. Like floods are going to come. This is Isaiah 43. He's like, floods are going to, it's not if they come. It's when they come, they won't take you out. And when the fires come, not if, when they come, they're going to come. They won't take you out. Because, because this relationship alters your reality. Like forever. That we can claim and know today as families that his voice can be heard. Church's voice can be heard and his voice is clear. That his voice is true and his voice is good. It's worth tuning into. I, um, I got the kids for Christmas this year, the grandkids. Not, not the kids. Kids are 30. That'd be weird. The grandkids, I got, the, I got them walkie-talkies for Christmas. It was a hit. I mean, listen, uh, this technology, like my grandkid, Bo, can go upstairs while my other grandkid, James, is downstairs. They can talk to each other. Like, James can go out to the greenhouse, and Bo can be in the driveway. They can talk to each other. It's awesome. And I was just thinking, who names this? Who's the fun guy that gets to call this a walkie-talkie? And what if, what if we just let him name everything? Like, how would that go? Like, um... Like if this walkie-talkie guy named, uh, I'll just give you a few, okay? Stamps. Stamps would be what? Licky stickies. <laughs> Is that not awesome? I'm gonna meet this guy. Or like bumblebees. What would a bumblebee be? A bumblebee would be a fuzzy buzzy. The walkie-talkie guy would. It's a fuzzy buzzy. Or defibrillators. We have a defibrillator here in case somebody goes down. But for the walkie-talkie guy, the defibrillator, what? Hardy starty. <laughs> it's a hardy starty. Or at brunch, brunch. At brunch today, you're going to pick up a fork. But the walkie-talkie guy would call the fork what? What? Stabby grabby. <laughs> this guy awesome. Gotta meet him. Socks. You're wearing socks? Feety heaties. Should I keep going? Bra. You said keep going. Breasty nesties. 
Come on, it's Mother's Day. Come on. Do not write me. Just helping clarify the roles that have become very confused in this world. Hey, here, how about this one? A pregnancy test would be maybe, baby. I got a lot more, but I got to stop. I really do. Here's the point God has a walkie talkie. And his name is Jesus. And at great, great sacrifice, he has made the first move in the attempts of connecting with you so that you would know him, so that you would hear his voice. And you know what? Jesus has a walkie-talkie. It's called the Holy Spirit. And he says, my spirit will be with you and will lead you and will speak into your life, guide you and help you. Jesus has a walkie-talkie. The Holy Spirit has a walkie-talkie. It's, it's the Word of God. It's to be a light unto our path. It's to be a lamp unto our feet. And I, I, I'm just doing my best this morning to try and come alongside moms and dads and parents and families and, 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 and just saying, saying this, um, we got to learn to discern the right voice. Because even on this one, there's, there's a bunch of different channels and frequencies. And that show, The Voice, I haven't seen it in a while, but, but that show shows us something. That show shows us that not everyone that auditions gets to come out on stage. In fact, sometimes those that are auditioning are sadly told, you can't sing. And they never make the show. Like, not everyone who's auditioning to speak into your life should be mic'd up and given the stage. It's a lot of noise right now in this society. It's a lot of nonsense right now. And there's a lot of lost people that want you lost too. There are a lot of losers that want you to lose right along with them. And you can't let them, you can't let them on the stage of your life. I guess it comes down to this. It comes down to who's your judge? Like I think on that show, the judges end up becoming, you tune in because of the judges. You don't even know who's, who's judging. Because ultimately, he's the judge. And when he decides he wants to do stuff, he doesn't grab a toolbox 
When he decides he wants to do stuff, he doesn't need a saw and he doesn't need a hammer. When he decides he wants to do stuff, he speaks. He speaks, he speaks. He says, light and light was. That's, that's how he works. And, and, and I know society right now is trying to shout down his voice, but it's his voice that spoke the stars into existence. It's his voice that spoke the planets into existence. It's his voice that spoke the nations into existence. It's his voice that gives each animal a voice. Satan knows it. He so much wants to do everything he can to drown out God's voice in your life as a mom, as a dad, as a husband, as a wife, as a son, as a daughter, with all this racist rancor, all this shame that is being placed upon your kids, all this meanness and vile lies, these unions that see them as stupid. God never has and never does. These bullies, both on the playground and on the internet, that want to dim your kid's light and diminish your kid's value and fill you much more with the fragrance of death. I love in, in Romans chapter in Romans chapter 4, um, sort of like this amazing little summary that Paul provides of the life of Abraham. And right about verse 17, like 12 through 17, I think in Romans chapter 4, it's like, and God spoke the things that weren't as though they were. This is our God. And I think it gives us permission and faith as moms. Moms, you ought to speak this over your kids. Dads, you ought to have the faith as leaders in your home to begin to speak the things that aren't as though they are. And, and, and ultimately, that's in reference to the fact that Abraham is like a 100 years old in his bones, like good luck having a kid, and yet God speaks the things that aren't as though they are. Like the worst thing that would happen right now, the worst thing that would happen would be for the church to fail to speak, for the church to go silent, because your silence is being misconstrued. Your silence is being misunderstood. If we come down with some kind of spiritual laryngitis, right now it'd be over. And I, I just feel like maybe next weekend we'll just unpack this even more because you get to Psalm 30. This whole thing just kind of continues maybe into a bit of a mini-series. Like next weekend I could speak on, if you want, how to hear God's voice. Like we're talking about it in general today. Like, yeah, we got to be tuned into the right voice. Well, how? How do you hear his voice? Maybe even more importantly, how do you know he hears yours? And I ain't going to make anything up. I'll take it right out of Scripture. As his voice says, at the moment of that baptism, at the moment of Jesus surrendering his life in obedience and submission to the task that is before him, there's this voice that speaks, and the voice says, this is my son. Clear? This is my boy. This is is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son. And you know what it says next? What's it say next? Hear him. Listen to him. Tune in to him. He holds the keys to eternal life and salvation. He's my beloved son. He is your salvation. Listen to him. 
I am the Lord your God. I do not change. You don't have to worry about waking up and thinking God's different every day. He's never different. If there's anything that God is, he's this. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the things that David is declaring here in Psalm 29, you can take home with you. You can unpack that and you can say, he's the same. His voice is the same. He's not moody. He doesn't change. He is changelessly in love with this pursuit of finding you, of, of, of making sure that you, 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 you hear him. And I just know this to be a fact. There is a boatload of background noises right now that are doing everything they possibly can to drown out his voice. So we've got to make sure we're listening to the right voice, that it would burn in us bright, that that candle would simply represent our life. Our life that would burn for him regardless of how dark it gets. And the darker it gets, the brighter that flame will be for the glory of God. So moms, let your light shine bright. Moms, let your fragrance be sweet. Moms, let your radiance be confidence. Those that aren't moms, just like maybe someday I will be a mom. It's a day of training to say, I want my life as a mom, as a grandmom, as a soon-to-be mom, as a single mom an adoptive mom is whatever let it shine for the glory of God let your fragrance be sweet let the radiance be confidence not in yourself but in Christ for in Christ you reside in Christ you trust and in Christ you live and in Christ you will shine I love that little nugget that Jesus gives the woman at the well he just sort of drops this hint in her lap when he says I love this comment he says I am seeking those who worship me in spirit and in truth. She's trying to make it into all sorts of stuff like this and that, and location-based, and he's like, no, no, no. I'm seeking those that would worship me in spirit and in truth. Maybe that's a key to where we'll go next weekend in this whole deal. And just read ahead. I mean, look at Psalm 30. Oh, my goodness. But ultimately, what he's saying to her, he's saying to you. You know what he's saying? Listen, here's what he's saying. He seeks your worship. And maybe it's heartbroken worship. He gets that. Maybe it's the abundance of, 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 of all the responsibility and weight and burden that comes with being a mom. He gets that. He seeks, he seeks your worship, mom. He seeks your worship, dad. Kids, this isn't a grown-up thing. He seeks your worship. He seeks your worship in the morning and in the evening, at work, at play. Ascribe to him, as David does in Psalm 29, the worth. That's what worship means. The worth, the supreme worth that he and he alone deserves. And maybe that worth is best displayed in that dinner party where that gal, she ain't even invited, but she shows up. She shows up sort of like with that candle that you got today, this alabaster box of fragrance. She breaks it. She, she, she breaks it open. And there's like total conflict over it. There's complete controversy over it. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you, that's your dowry, man. That is meant for your, that was either saved for her wedding 
or her funeral, whichever came first. And she's like, no, I'm pouring it out now. I'm pouring it all out now. My Sunday school teacher taught me this. She's sitting right there, Mrs. Dyer. Happy Mother's Day. She comes before the Lord and premeditates what she's going to do when she gets there. She brings it with her. She's like, I ain't waiting for the wedding day. I'm not waiting for the funeral. I'm bringing this now. And, and, and she breaks it. That's commitment. She brings it. That's premeditated. She breaks it. That's commitment. And she pours it out. Right? That's devotion. And that ought to be the heart of each and every one of us and not just the moms. Like premeditated, like premeditated to the extent that Joseph had already decided how he was going to respond when Potiphar's wife came on to him. It wasn't like, oh, now what do I do? He had predetermined what he was going to do. You ought to do that where this coming week is concerned. Where whatever the chaos might be, where this thing is going, where the country is concerned, and all that we're headed towards, a premeditated decision like this woman to break it open and lay it out in full commitment and honor and glory and worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. This complete devotion is what she exemplifies at that dinner party. And they're ticked. Judas especially is like, are you kidding me? We could have like sold this jar. But she sees the jar as a picture of her life. Her life is a jar. Her life is a container. It is an earthen vessel. It is a jar of clay. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My jar, like that candle, is going to be a light that shines for your glory. My, my jar, my life, is going to be a fragrance unto God of Jesus Christ. My, my life is going to be in devotion and commitment. Service is poured out. And there's like animosity. There's just like, no, 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 we could have fed the poor. And Jesus is like, you're going to have the poor with you till the end of the age. She's chosen better. Just like the big lunch party happening over at Mary and Martha's house. I mean, Martha's ticked. I think she's breaking dishes. Pottery's just... Jesus is like, Martha, 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 Martha. Look at Mary. Learn from Mary. Learn from David. Learn from Scripture. Because anger... Hey... Nothing deafens God's voice in your life more than anger. Anger deafens you to his voice. So even if you came into this church service today, Mother's Day weekend, like ticked, angry. Maybe you did. Maybe for two years, maybe two and a half years now, you have been battling back this boiling over anger. Or maybe unforgiveness, or, or maybe bitterness. Because that's what puts the flame out, and that's what drives us into the wilderness. And, but ultimately, it's his voice. It's his voice, church. It's his voice that can break through that. Why the Bible says, in the day that you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. So Jesus, I, I just pray over this service right now. Lord Jesus, speak. Speak into our hearts. 
And Lord, I believe that you have literal words to say and specific strategies to share with moms and dads and husbands and wives and sons and daughters and those just launching into their careers and those who are in college and home for spring break. May the candle this morning simply represent the container of their life and may it be a fragrance before you that is sweet and pleasing a life that's been laid down, a light that is burning bright. and Maybe even for some, a melting away of things that need to be softened. The Lord, we could just once again become clay in the potter's hand that you would just shape and make and form and complete and perfect in us the work that you've begun and we just pray that over each and every mom and dad and marriage and family that makes up this amazing church we give you glory for who you are pray that hearts would turn to you and Schedules would be readjusted even beginning today that would allow you to receive the preeminence that you deserve. May you be the first thought of every day, the last thought of every night. May your purpose and will be accomplished in and through all that we live for both now and forever in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. Come on, let's stand. Come on.